All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for another episode of Boss Up with Mr. Key. You got me, Andre Key, your host. And today we got a fella, man, from, I mean, my guy's a, a true hustler, and I hate to diminish it to hustler. I should say CEO exec from anything auto financing wise, like revolutionizing that and, and taking it to a whole nother digital platform to a cigar connoisseur who learned how to monetize that in the form of NFTs and to his own cigar streaming network. Without further ado, my man over here, Eddie Green, please welcome him to the show. Eddie, thank you for showing up for me today. Oh, bro, thank you. Thank you for having me, man. It's a pleasure. That's good. That's good, man. So for most of our listeners uh, on our show on Boss Up or Mr. Key, we really want people to see themselves and the individual sitting at the podcast today and learn something not only about your business, about your resolve, mm-hmm. but also the key turning point in which you decided to say, hey, I'm done punching the clock. Okay. Again, there's nothing wrong with punching the clock, but, you know, this is called boss up with Mr. <laughs> Key. So, Eddie, let's start, man, back way back to where you were uh, born and raised. Oh, way back. Okay. <laughs> I was born and raised in uh, Plainfield, New Jersey. Nice. Uh, you know, 70s baby, well, 80s baby, if you want to call it. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Jersey, I mean, Plainfield is just like 19 miles out in uh, New York City, so we're considered okay. a suburb of uh, New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I came up after... Uh, you know, the Martin Luther King assassination. So, you know, uh, the effects that I saw was, uh, you know, of the buildings being burned down and the businesses going away, you know. And uh, I came up right in that cracker also. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I saw I saw all, all that. Yeah, that was a rough time during yeah. that era. I mean, yeah. you saw some, it was like the tale of two sides. You see oh, yeah. some brothers getting super rich mm-hmm. and then you seen communities just crumble and people turn to drugs and addiction, which was an ugly sight. Yeah. Oh, man. So let's talk a little bit about your siblings. How, mm-hmm. how many of the greens were there coming uh, out of your household? Yeah. So I got uh, two other bro- older brothers. They're twins, uh, Keith and Kenny. Then I have an older sister. So I'm the baby. So the baby. I'm, yeah, I'm the one everyone looks out for. You <laughs> okay, know? got it, got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with your brothers, I don't know what they were into, but it was good to kind of have that shield, especially in the inner city, I bet. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. It, it was, you know, I learned from their mistakes. You know, we were raised by a single mom. Uh, we grew up in the projects. It was called the old projects. They mm. call it the bricks sometimes. Uh, you know, my, my brothers both, both had to drop out early, uh, mm. but they did go back to school. Uh, my brother Keith ended up going to the military. Definitely proud of him because uh, he retired as uh, the highest you could, you know. Right, retire nice. As he did twenty enlisted. years and oh, he did thirty years. Oh, yeah. he's fine. He's set. <laughs> yeah, he did thirty years. So yeah, the army definitely saved his life. Uh, my brother Kenny, though, he was my true inspiration. Mm. Uh, growing up in Plainfield, you know, I saw all the drug dealers. Everybody either wanted to be a drug dealer or a basketball player. Right, and you know, my brother, he was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. when everyone else is looking at the drug dealers, I'm like, man, they still live in the same house as we live in. <laughs> right. You know, I'm watching my brother come from, you know, the, the same environment they came from. But, you know, he built up his business. He driving nicer cars than they are. You know, wearing 
you know, custom suits. So, yeah. you know, that, that was my idol. That's why I idolized. That's good to have, man. That's dope. And yeah. especially in an environment where either you got a wicked jump shot or you sell crack rock, <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, it is what it is. But, yeah. I mean, that's good, man. You had a little difference there. So, mm-hmm. so from that, just seeing your brother being maybe one of the first entrepreneurs that you can actually touch, mm-hmm. were there any key qualities that you maybe saw that he had that inspired you? Yeah, I mean, he still had, I mean, I mean, he was from the street, so he still had that edge about him. Mm-hmm. But the I just watched how he just pulled himself up, educated himself. Uh, he was never proud of the things that he did in the past. So it was right. things that he never, ever wanted to talk mm-hmm. about. Keep it behind. Yeah, where most people, they you know, they wear it as a badge of honor. You know, mm-hmm. I knocked this dude out. I used yeah, to do this. Yeah. You know, so I, I definitely respected that. Uh, but he was all about family and hard work, man. And he was, he gave me the first example of like being a father, mm. you know what I mean? So, you know, I have, uh, uh, four nephews, uh, that he raised and, you know, he, he was married he was, you know, married man, mm. you know, businessman and, and, you know, and the great father, man, that was like the core base of a family oh, back yeah. then, oh, man. Yeah. That's a good man. That's a good vision and, and something good to see. So now let's take it to high school. Where, mm-hmm. Where'd you go to high school? So uh, initially, I went to the high school that's in my area, uh-huh. uh, but because I excelled at basketball, I had the opportunity to go to a better school. Okay. Uh, so I went to South Plainfield High School. Uh-huh. And uh, the crazy thing about that school is, uh, you know, it was mainly white. Uh-huh. Uh, my school prior to that in the city where I lived at, you know, we had armed security guards. And, <laughs> that was that generation yeah, of metal detectives. Exactly. Going to it, high school. Yeah. And their thing was like, go to class or get out the building. So, I mean, I had one class. I missed like 80 days. (laughs) I go to this school that's, you know, primarily white. And all they have is two old white ladies as security guards on each floor. Bro, I never missed a class. (laughs) Isn't that something, (laughs) see? I never missed a class. (laughs) That tells you about how environment shapes things. Because I remember in high school, again, we look like we're the same demographic. Mm Mm-hmm. I swear we're the first generation of the metal detectors coming in the front door. Yeah. And that did something to me. And I saw a dean one time, you know, I was getting in a little trouble in school. She took me to her office, opened up her desk. She Mm -hmm. had a couple of pistols, a a 38, a 9. I'm like, whoa, where'd you get that from? Yeah. Don't worry about it. (laughs) She closed (laughs) it up. But uh, so, okay, you go to high school. Yeah. Play basketball. I didn't know that. So any notables that you ever dunked on or either at least grabbed a rebound off of? Uh, You know what? I, I played with some great players uh, as far as AAU-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Danny Hurley, Bobby mm-hmm. Hurley's little brother, uh, yeah. Roderick, uh, Roderick uh, Rhodes, uh, mm-hmm. Jabbar Jones, uh, Deion, San- Deion Jackson. Uh, nice. You know, a lot of great players, man, came up with me. Uh, I was all state. Sweet. Uh, you know, was highly recruited. Uh, you know, th- things were, were, were looking up, you know. So so you, you, you probably went into high school and you had these hoop dreams, right? Yeah. And, you know, same thing with me. I played football. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when did that point come? Well, did basketball take you to college? Yes, it did take me okay, to college. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Okay. Yeah. Before we go to college and high school, any defining moments that maybe at that point you knew you were going to be self-employed? Uh, oh, 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Tell us about that. Like, yeah, from the beginning, I, I always knew. I mean, I looked at basketball as a way out. Like mm-hmm. I just wanted out of playing field, no matter what. Right. So I knew my only way out was I need to play ball to get a scholarship to get up out of here. Got it. So uh, when a lot of people had those dreams of playing in the NBA, of course, you know, in the back of your mind, you want you you want that. But mm-hmm. you know, my initial goal was like, I gotta get up out of here. Yeah. You know, I right. gotta get up out of here. So. Um, yeah, I wanted to get up out of there. My, uh, during that time, in the summertime, I, I would work for my brother. Okay. So my brother owned a private detective agency. Really? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. He owned a detective agency. Uh, so, you know, working for him, you know, I was like, yeah, this is what I want. Like, I, I want to be able to call the shots. I want to mm-hmm. be my own boss, you know. I want to come into the office when I want to wow. come into the office. How many employees did he have? Oh, then? man, he had three offices at the time. So what? Three yeah, offices? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So he covered all of Jersey, North Jersey, Central Jersey, and South Jersey. Hmm. And uh, his main office was in uh, was in Central Jersey. And that's the office I worked out of. Uh, but, yeah, I'd probably say altogether he probably had, you know, 15, 20. Man, that's nice. Yeah, wow. yeah 15, 20. I mean, how, old, how much older is your brother than you? He is... Uh, years older. Okay, so yeah, he was like full adult. You were a yeah, teenager. Yeah, okay, I got yeah, it. I got it. I was yeah. like, man, I'm thinking like three years difference. Nah, this dude nah. had to be 20 years old. Okay, nah, got nah. it. <laughs> He's full, full adult, man, but he was always uh, more mature than his age. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So. Especially running a business, it yeah. takes patience. Oh, yeah. and, you know, you definitely have to have a higher IQ to mm-hmm. figure out how to you know, make sure business management, accounting, all mm-hmm. those things come into play when you run your own company. Definitely. Okay, good. So you went away to college. Did you graduate or did you so, have that story where my, <laughs> my college experience was something else, man. Uh oh. Let's just say this. I went to four different schools. Uh oh, man. <laughs> I was one I was one of those kids. So as bad as I wanted to get out of Plainfield, I still had Plainfield in me. And I didn't oh, realize got that. It, yeah. So got in some trouble at a couple uh mm-hmm. different schools, man. But uh, at the end of the day I landed at Central Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, which yeah. was a blessing for me, man. And uh, you know Is that an HBCU? No, nah, Central okay. Oklahoma, it's, it's a D2 school. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, got so, it. So uh, after all my, my different journeys from different schools, I ended up at a D2 school. But mm-hmm. it, uh, it was great, man. I I, I made friends there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're still friends. Some relationships yeah, that you for, still for lock life. in until yeah. today. Yeah, mm-hmm. no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Where, um, where, what was your major? What were you trying to major oh, in? Oh, business administration. Okay, so again, that business seed yeah. was already planted. Oh, yeah. You oh, yeah. Knew, like, hey, that's what we want to do. Oh, yeah. All right, so, all right. Let's let's look at it this way. In college, in business mm-hmm. administration, mm-hmm. Um, from what you learned from your brother in business mm-hmm. and then those business classes in college, was there a difference? Did they complement each other? Or? Oh, my God. It was a big difference. It was like <laughs> night and day. Uh, tell me about that. Man. <laughs> I mean, you, I'm sure you know, man. <laughs> yeah. It was like night and day uh, because I had that true real-life experience. Exactly. You know, because That's a beat set. Yeah, because I was, you know, I was with my brother. I, I, I You know, he would take me to meetings and— you know, I, I would see, you know, the real in and outs. And then, you know, you go to class and you got, you've been taught by someone that never ran a business before. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're you like, no, nah, that's not how it works. Yeah, you know, you, I, 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 a lot of times I would question that. Right, you know? Mr. Green, just get out of yeah, class. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of times I would question that and definitely get myself in trouble. But, yeah. uh yeah, I, you know, I realized right away that, you know, you got doers and then you got teachers. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Exactly. So, you got people that are talking yeah, on, the, on the soapbox all day. Exactly. You got people that'll be in the trenches doing the doing, work. Actually doing it. Got it, so. got it. So after college, let's, mm-hmm. let's pass college. and We don't want to talk about the crazy parties mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but after school, 
Did you land a job somewhere or yeah. did it take a bit? No, I landed a job right away. Uh, I was working in marketing for the DeBartolo Group. And mm. at the time, I think they own like the Pittsburgh Penguins. They own a bunch of different racetracks. Oh, nice. Yeah, my job was uh, working with the racetracks that they had. Mm. Wasn't making any money. Mm. And it, this is a funny story because uh, my girlfriend at the time, she was pregnant. And she was like, Eddie, I, I know there's something else you want to do. And I'm like, yeah, I do. I just, I don't want to go to the office every day. So we were looking for a car at the time. Mm. And we go to this dealership. We were trying to buy a Nissan. And it was nothing but brothers working at this dealership. Wow. I'm talking about clean, you know, driving nice cars. And I was like, oh, this is dope. I think I want to do this. Right. So then... Uh, we're watching at the time uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and right. it's the episode where Will left school to go sell cars, <laughs> and that was my calling. <laughs> my girlfriend at the time was like, "See, this is what you need to do." Uh-huh. And uh, this was a time where uh, you know, if you didn't have experience, they wouldn't hire you. And uh, you know, I went there, applied, and there was a guy named Tracy. He was like, "You know what, man? You go someplace else that I hired because we we all we rock stars here. Wow. You know, you gotta have some experience. He yeah. said, but you go to a place, man. You work there for a month. You bring me your commission uh, sheet. I'll take a look at it. Also, oh, he wanted you to prove that you belong. So I actually had to find a place. This is at a time where they charge you to go to a class. What? Yeah, this dealership they charge you to go to a class for a year. That's a good business model. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, it, it really was. And uh, this was like 1994. And I'll mm-hmm. never forget because something tragic happened in the country at this time. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm in Oklahoma City. I'm finishing up with that class. And, you know, we hear big boom. You were you were there where I you was heard there. the yeah, noise. I was wow. there. And uh, the crazy thing is that night before, they let us actually go out on a lot. And uh, the first couple I, I, I up was what they call when you grease someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was this uh, Hispanic couple. And I remember the lady telling me that, hey, you know, I work at the federal building. Mm. Didn't think nothing of it. She's like, I'll be back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to buy this car. And uh, tomorrow came. That's when the expl- explosion happened. I still didn't put two and two together until they start uh, showing the names and the pictures of the people that perished in the bombing. Man, no. And I'm like, this is this is the lady, you know? Wow. Yeah, it was, it was crazy, man. Man, but, that uh, was so close, man. Mm-hmm. It's like six degrees of separation. Oh, yeah, definitely. Wow. Definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. So, uh, but anyway, that month, I ended up selling 22 cars and made $2,200. Really? <laughs> I was like, what the hell? <laughs> this ain't right. <laughs> so uh, I took my commission slip to uh, the guy Tracy at the Nissan dealership. He's like, look, I can't hire you in uh, used cars, but you can go sell new cars. So I'm like, okay. Right. The first person I greeted, sold the car. The sales manager at the time, I believe his name is Dan Welch. And he's mm-hmm. like, man, I'm sorry, Eddie. I'm trying to make you more money on this deal, man. But uh, it made $584. That's your commission. I'm like, what? $584? I'm like, I just sold 22 cars for $2,200. <laughs> and I was hooked. It was an instant drug. Yeah, instant yeah. drug. So... <laughs> Yeah, so uh, yeah, I got into the car business, and I just uh, I just kept moving up. Let me ask you this, because yeah. I mean, selling cars, regardless whatever industry you're in, mm-hmm. I think it's important to be able to sell yourself, sell mm-hmm. your product, sell your service, et cetera. Yeah, like where'd you? I mean, obviously you walked in there, the first person you mm-hmm. slam dunked it. Yeah, where'd you get that skill set from? 
Uh, I think I truly got that from working with my brother. Okay, good. Yeah, good. I definitely got that from working well, with my brother. came back, man. You, you owe your brother, man, yeah. some cigars, <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> if he smoked, yeah, I definitely would. <laughs> but uh, not just him, but I, I think Plainfield, too, man, because, you know, it, it was a violent city, and mm-hmm. you either going to fight your way out or talk your way yes. out. And some things you just don't want to fight your yeah. way out. So you <laughs> had to learn how to talk your way out. <laughs> so I, I just naturally had that gift of gab because, you know, I end up in neighborhoods I'm supposed to be in. Yeah. And I need to talk my way up out of it. Hey, man, sounds like my story, definitely. You (laughs) You have to know how to talk your way out or face prison time or death, you know? So it's like, hey, that's the easiest option. Let me learn how to do this. Definitely. Okay, good, man. So you went there, started selling cars. How long were you in that profession? I was in that profession from, uh, oh, man, I want to say about, maybe five years mm-hmm. and I started selling and ended up, uh, I, I've done everything in the car business from uh, selling to, you know, general manager to, you know, owning a car dealership. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, prior to actually uh, owning a car dealership, I, I had two partners that I met at the dealership and we mm-hmm. were like, man, we just weren't happy with, you know, the dealership right. itself. And uh, we were like, man, we should do something on our own. We all have a pretty big dealer base. So we decided to start a company, a referral-based company. Hmm. And it's what people do now uh, on the internet, but this is prior to the internet, where we didn't have a dealership, but we had a dealer base. Mm. And what we would do is we would go out and make relationships with different dealers and we would pr- provide them with uh, with leads, with customers. Ah. And so that way now we're not limited to one dealership. Were you still working at this dealership kind of doing both? Oh, no. We, uh, we just bounced. bounced. Oh, okay, got we, it, got we it. Just, And it was a struggle. Yeah. I mean, it was a struggle. I'm sleeping on the couch in the office type See, struggle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but then it hit, you know, it hit. And, uh, you know, we had a few dealers and I, long story short, we were averaging about a thousand dollars a copy without any inventory. So we had nothing that we had. You had no inventory expenses. And we're doing a hundred deals a month in the three of us. Sweet. Oh man. And I'm 23 years old. You know, (laughs) there we go. The addiction starts. I like this. You know, so, and, uh, I mean, it was great, man. You know, we, at the time we're balling, we're living like the dope boys are living. We're mm-hmm. in Vegas going to the Tyson fights, oh, you know, nice. yeah, living a life, yeah, bro. He's living it, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but we were young. And of course, when you're young, you make mistakes yeah, and you, know, you see that money coming in and yeah. it's like, this is really the business yeah. of money, but I'm at the slots. <laughs> exactly. <in Vegas. laughs> exactly. And then it's like, uncle Sam, who's he? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> like, what? Let's go back real quick because I yeah. always tell, you know, people that aspire to, you know, run their own business. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to fund that business. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that requires still working a job while working the business, mm-hmm. or left you unless you have the gift of gab to yeah. be able to get investors, or like you did have some partners. So mm-hmm. where'd that startup come from? Uh, I guess the limit of statutes. Okay, okay, okay. Enough said. Enough said. I already got it. It could have me. They don't call you green for anything, probably. So, but, uh, you know, we 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 all came from the streets at the time, uh-huh. and so. Uh, but uh, you know, we just decided to do right with some money that we had put to the side. Mm-hmm. You know, and make and, it clean. Uh, yeah, and that's what we did. To mm-hmm. be quite honest with you. All right. Right. You know? so, I get that. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you had a goal, and so many brothers, man. Uh, that touch that never look at the way out. Yeah. You know, it's like oh, yeah. one more lick, one more lick. Yeah. And that last lick can cost you your life. Yeah. But at least you all had that vision to oh, say, yeah. Hey, we're going to just, 
Here's our target. We yeah. get that. Business is going to start. Yeah. So, okay, good, good. So you had some bumps and bruises. Money mm-hmm. was flowing in, still young, yeah. you know, probably running up credit card debt, whatever, spending yeah. cash. What happened with that company? Uh, what happened with that company? Well, we decided that we wanted to make more money, uh-huh. took that money and invested in concerts. Uh, concert promoting <laughs> concert promoting man. Uh, that's a lucrative business it is though, a lucrative right? business but you know we're in Oklahoma City at the time mm-hmm. and we made some poor decisions on some concerts that we wanted to do I never forget we did an old school hip hop show yeah Two days before Christmas, you know, Ooh. Oklahoma is one of the poorest states, man. And everybody was already tapped yeah, out. Yeah, they tapped out, and you know, we bring in. I mean, at the time, it was like Run DMC, Houdini, two you know, short or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll never forget, Run was a revenant at that time, and he was like, "Yo, man, y'all should have brought Master P." This is when P was. <laughs> <laughs> I should have brought me. Yeah, he said it with more colorful language, (laughs) even him being a uh, pastor at the time. But I was like, yeah, we probably should have. Then we had two weeks later, we had uh, uh, New Year's Eve, and we were bringing Casey and JoJo. Mm -hmm. And that's New Year's Eve again. You're in Oklahoma. Yeah, Yeah, man. So we lost lost our behinds on those two concerts, and that's when we all decided to split. Uh, you know. Did you all, was there a little bit of like button heads at that point? Or you were like, man, we're just going to take our losses. It, it definitely was. It was yeah. definitely some button heads, uh, you know, definitely some finger pointing. But I went back to basics. I okay. went back to what, what got it started. And mm-hmm. that was the referral-based business. Okay, got so it, got So those it. guys, you know, they felt like they were too big to, you know, Go actually. backwards, huh? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, bro, I got it. I just had a son at the time. I had just got married. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going back to what works. I got to build it back up. Something I know, right? Exactly. Exactly. So exactly. you went back there. Did Is that where the uh, online financing, is that where it was birthed? Exactly. Ah. Exactly. <laughs> what, what was that key lighter, that key moment that told you, hey, this is how I can flip that into this? Yeah. Well, years later, uh, at the time I'm living in uh, Connecticut, mm-hmm. and uh, I had uh, started working for a finance company. Okay. And I was a rep for a finance company. And, uh, you know, we had a ton of dealers that were my my clients. And I just, I, I still just had that referral-based, uh, you know, business in, mm-hmm. in the back of my head. I'm like, well, okay, I have this finance company here. Right. <laughs> and I have these dealers that I have a uh, relationship with. Right. I'm like, the difference between now and then is, okay, now the internet is, is booming. Mm-hmm. And I have the relationships with the finance companies. All right. So I'm like, okay, let me just bring those three together. And uh, that's how that all got started. Man, I like how you think, man. Yeah. Like, how do those ideas come up? And you wake up at three in the morning, like, man, let me just start writing. Or I always go, whatever I'm doing, how can I make it better? Nice. Okay. How can I? How can I be an innovator? You know, mm-hmm. how can I disrupt what the industry is doing and, mm-hmm. and, and be that difference maker? Well, how do you deal with? Uh, you know, a lot of times people come up with great ideas, mm-hmm. and then the the fear of failing may prevent them from even taking a first step or when they get three steps in, they get afraid and mm-hmm. just maybe it all dissolves. How, how do you overcome that or do you are you just fearless when it comes to I, that? I'm never fearless. I have fear just like everyone else, man. But I tell people all the time, man, I mean, I failed more than I had success. But yeah. it's just like I'm just one of those people that believe in just getting up. 
and I believe in myself. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Invest so, in you, right? I definitely invest in myself. Yeah. And, and then, you know, I watch other people from, from afar and I go, I'm just as smart as them. Mm-hmm. You know? I always do that too. <laughs> like, man, these dudes aren't smarter than me. Like, <laughs> exactly. it's just what you do with your 24 hours that exactly. you have. Exactly. And failure is like, hey, I, I figure like I made it out of the hood of Chicago. Yeah. If this isn't going to kill me, like, mm-hmm. what's the worst? It's not going to send me to jail. It's not going to exactly. kill me. I mean, I can just pick myself back up and keep it going. So yeah. that's good. That's a good mentality to have. Yeah. So so you do that. Mm-hmm. You connect those three. Yeah. Where did that take you? Uh, where did that take me at that time? Uh, by that time, I believe I was moving to Kansas City because my wife at the time I took a job to KC. And uh, yeah, I actually met some investors. Uh, and this is my first time actually dealing with investors. Mm. And uh, they liked what I was doing and uh, they wanted to get behind it. Mm. Uh, but I was still young. I wasn't great at, uh, you know, negotiating. I was just really at the time just happy that someone else believed in my vision and yeah, they wanted to put money that. behind it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, one of my first uh, startups was with a company called Capital Finance. Mm-hmm. And they were a captive with... Uh, with uh, 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 auto group, you know, okay. at this auto group had about six, seven stores, hmm. and I actually helped them from the beginning. Uh, and then uh, those stores kind of got in trouble, but the finance company was still there. Uh, so yeah. I was able to get in the ear of the president of like, "Hey, hmm. let let me do this. Let's do some indirect lending instead of just you know doing lending for this group. I right. can go out and get us more dealers." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Hey, go for it." Man, he gave you the green light. Yeah, he gave me the green light. And uh, that was one of the first startups that I started. And uh, and then, you know, people always want to go back to what they feel safe with. And at yeah. this time, I said, I'm never doing retail again. And mm-hmm. what they wanted to do, because I was doing my own deals also. Right. Because I always had that referral-based business. That kept back it going. Yeah. They never gave it up. And uh, the deal I had with them was like, look. I'm going to do my deals. I'm going to sign up my dealers. They'll send deals to you indirectly. But my customers, I'm going to do my deals on my dealer's cars. I'm going to you know, charge my dealers X mm-hmm. amount of money. And you know what happened, man. People start counting your money. Yeah, like you're getting too big. Yeah, you're getting too big. Uh, yeah. So hmm. they were like, hey, let's. how do we control Eddie? Let's make him run this dealership for, for us. us. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that happened. And, uh, you know. It was their money, and you know the golden rule is whoever has the gold makes the rule. Yeah, that's true. So I'm a, I will abide by your rule until I get my money. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know you. Rule. You're probably thinking a few I'll, steps ahead, like I okay, I can do thinking. this until I can plan my exit strategy. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I did. I met another group, uh, and I presented to them what I did with uh, this other group, and they're like, "Hey, let's do it." I said, "But this time." <laughs> <laughs> I want a piece. Negotiation yeah, came so into play. Then, yeah. So as you, you know, you grow and you make those mistakes, you know, you learn and you know, you know, yeah. so yeah. It, here's a learning lesson real quick. Yeah. So, I mean, again, when it's time to like raise money or you mm-hmm. have investors behind you, yeah. if you had that to do over, because mm-hmm. I, I struggle with that, like, man, yeah. how do I want to structure this? Like, I knew I need to talk to my attorney. Mm-hmm. So what would you have done differently to try to structure that where the, it was just them as investors mm-hmm. and you kept most of the ownership? 
uh, I would have structured the ownership first. You would have done the, the, the corporation first. first. Okay, got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would have structured the corporation first with uh, you know me owning a bigger percentage and of it, and then just give them shares based on yeah, the investment. Exactly. Okay, exactly. good, good. And that's what I do now. Ah, nice. <laughs> I wish nice. I was done that then, but yeah. Are you on autopilot with that, or do you consult like a business attorney, or you know how do you structure different you know joint ventures? Oh, definitely a business attorney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at, at this stage in my life, yes. yeah, 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 definitely. Like no chance you don't really want to make the mistakes. Um, you want to have somebody like l- listen. Yeah, that's what they go to school for. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let the experts be the experts. But, yeah, and, and I think that's one of the smart things that leaders have to do. At some point, you have to go. I can't do everything. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I am proud of the fact that, like, hey, I didn't graduate college, but everybody that works for me did. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned something. And, and so let's go back really quick as far as not doing everything yourself. Mm-hmm. It takes having a lot of trust in others mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of having that leadership quality. Yeah. Like, when did you get to that point when you realized that I can't be my own secretary? Mm-hmm. I can't be this like. When did that hit you? That's probably one of my, that was one of my biggest struggles. I'll mm-hmm. be completely real with you because mm-hmm. uh, it was hard for me to trust people. Yeah. And I'm somewhat of a control freak. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I learned from pain and aggravation. <laughs> at some point, it's <laughs> like, I need to delegate. Yeah, like, so, here's the budget. You exactly, can do it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, but it's hard to find really good people out there. But uh, mm-hmm. when you do, you have to pay them well. It's like gold. Treat you got to well. take care of them. Yeah, you have mm-hmm. to take care of them, man. And they become like family. Yeah. And then that's where that loyalty come. And I had people that's been with me from, you know, three other businesses that I started. And they nice. still with me, you know. Huh. Hmm. So, so let, let's talk a little bit about, um, you also mentioned when you were younger and you had that business mm-hmm. and like probably not a real grasp on business financing. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I'm I'm huge on that, like yeah. making sure you don't co-mingle. Like if you have a company, pay yourself, mm-hmm. but reinvest in the company. Like when did you see that as being valuable for you? Oh, God, I saw that. Uh, I want to say I saw that when uh, I started uh, capital finance, not capital finance, but strategic finance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I definitely enjoyed their structure that they had. Uh, their comptroller and uh, their CFO. Mm-hmm. I had, a, you know, a ton of respect for them, but I became a student. Nice. Yeah, so I'm always in there asking them questions, uh, you know. Uh. So, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely where it started, and uh, I definitely believe you have to have that foundation mm-hmm. uh, as far as, uh, you know, that strong financial team that, Good, yeah. uh, of experts. Yeah, you do need that. You yeah. need that, and then it leads into your taxes and, yeah, exactly. and all of that. Yep, so. Exactly. So, all right, man, tell us about these cigars, man. I already see that, like, <laughs> your business acumen had yeah. started getting sharpened at an early age. Yeah. So now you have X amount of years of experience in how to set up a business, run mm-hmm. a business. Like, what made you go to the cigar route? You know what, man? I started smoking cigars like a lot of people at first as a celebration. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a celebratory thing to do, to smoke cigars. Right. And uh, then I started visiting cigar lounges. And I just didn't see a lot of us at the time. Mm -hmm. This is like 11 years back. Okay. So I didn't see a lot of us, uh, you know, I I saw a lot of us smoking, but not truly having brands themselves. Mm -hmm. So again, my thing is, I want to be the first. (laughs) (laughs) So it was one of those things that, hey, I want to be the first. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, I I took that step, took that leap, uh, educated myself on it and, uh, you know, found a great tobacco list and uh, came up with a couple blends, Mm -hmm. uh, failed at it. 
and then put it to the shelf. Right. Because I think one thing about being a great leader is knowing uh, of when you have to stop doing something that's not working. Yeah. That doesn't mean you have to give up on it, right. but you might have to go, right, let me go back to the drawing board. Yeah, I think a great country shelf. singer once said, you have to know when to fold them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, in this case, I didn't fold it. You know, yeah. it's not end of the game. I just go, let me just sit these cards right. aside. Right yeah, let me, I'll come back. Let me just sit yeah. it back. So, yeah, no, so I came back to it. And uh, by that time, I start seeing other other uh, other people that look like me starting brands. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I saw the popularity of the culture just growing. Yeah. So I yeah. really start paying attention to that. So it, was, mm-hmm. it, it goes beyond just the cigar. I mean, man, it's starting to grow. Yeah. So the leaf brings us together, Mm -hmm. but uh, the culture is so, so, so diverse. So I I start seeing a ton of women in it, Mm -hmm. especially a ton of black women. Uh, Majority of the cigar lounges that I actually that carry my products are black women. Nice. You know, Mm -hmm. and uh, I start seeing that. And then they start, you know, with us, we make a party out of everything. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Party with a purpose. (laughs) So uh, I started seeing these cigar weeks uh, pop up, like Tampa Cigar Week, Charlotte Cigar Week, uh, things like nice. that. And, um, you know, they become, you know, big, you know, four-day four, four day events. Mm. And I was like, man, all right, now how can I be innovative and capitalize on that? Look at that. You know? <laughs> so uh, I had a nephew who was trying to get me into Bitcoin and NFTs and everything like uh-huh. that. So when he, he brought up the NFT... Initially, you know, I really didn't understand it that much, but I just saw that, well, this is going to make me different from everyone else in selling cigars. Mm. That's the first thing I saw. Right. You saw that line of demarcation. Yeah. Hey, how can I stand out? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, how can I stand out from everyone else? So mm-hmm. initially it was that, but then I fell in love with the whole concept of it. Mm. You know, once I started to yeah, understand once you it. dove into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I fell in love with it, man. And uh, so, you know, we did it. We did the NFT and the first launch was great. And like mm-hmm. we spoke about earlier with everything that happened, right. you know, things are kind of slowing right. down. Yeah, with the NFT, it'll be yeah. back. It's coming back, though. You know what I like about your story, man? What I, what I like about you is that you get this idea and this concept. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know. It doesn't feel like you sit on it for two or three years. Bro, study long, study wrong. I tell people that every time. <laughs> I, I mean, I know so many smart people and they just outthink themselves. Analysis man. paralysis. Yeah, man. Man. Keep thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just one of those people like, like I said, I believe in myself. And I go, nah, I just got to do it. I just got to get started because mm. that that's what motivates me. Right. And if I say I'm going to do something. No, if I put man, it out there, word. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Man, that's my word. Hmm. I have to do it. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So uh, that's just my little way of how I motivate myself. It's crazy know? because I see that correlation. If we go back to college and the business classes mm-hmm. where you saw the difference in learning from your brother, like mm-hmm. hands on versus, you know, textbook knowledge. Yeah. You fast forward, you're like, hey, I'm not going to sit on YouTube and look at, you know, and try. I'm just going to put a toe in. Just tell me how to start. Yeah. And I'll take my bumps and bruises that way. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, I feel like every education is going to cost you. So you can go to UT and pay 70000 a year, or you can just start the business with your first five ten thousand dollars $10,000. And if you lose a little bit, yeah. just consider it tuition. Exactly. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because I say that all the time. I'm like, nah, I paid for my education yeah. uh, with those losses. I paid. Yeah, you, got, you, you know, no, no student loans yeah, at all. Yeah, no student loans. Yeah, I, I pay cash. Yeah, no but, doubt, no but, doubt. You know, but yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. I say that all the time. Yeah, all the time. So, man, you so you went from the technology, 
and also what I'm hearing is like being a forefront of being out in front of the technology, mm-hmm. like back when the financing kind of oh, became yeah. an idea. Mm-hmm. Hey, connect that with online. Yeah. NFTs. Hey, how to figure out how to go into that area. Yeah. And now we have the streaming network. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that. So with the streaming network, uh, truly how that came about. First, it came about in regards to uh, our online marketplace. Uh, to lot to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I was looking for different places to advertise, and uh, it's called Fast TV or Over the Top TV, which mm-hmm. are those streaming apps. And but I had no control of where my commercial commercials were, were placed. Right. But now I'm looking at the cigars, and I'm going at, like even, you know, you got social media. They don't allow us to, uh, you know, promote uh, tobacco on social media. You know, mm-hmm. we can only relate. Yeah, I can't pay for an ad like I could pay for really? it with uh, with the finance company or with the cars. I, mm-hmm. I can't pay for can't an ad on that. Facebook or Instagram. I wonder what's that about? It's because like it's tobacco. Tobacco. Yeah. Huh? So I saw that, and you know, the only thing I could do is reach my current audience. Mm-hmm. So I see all these other, you know, tobacco related. Uh, you know, podcasts or tobacco related, uh, you know, clothing lines or, you know, hats, people that make yeah. hats, anything related to the industry. And they're, they're all limited. Hmm. So I go, man, let's just create our own. <laughs> I love it. I love <laughs> it, know? man. So I'm like, hell, I'm just going to do my own. Do my own. Mm-hmm. And that way, not only do I market my pro- project, but I will market others. Yeah. And it's definitely more than, and I'm big on, you know, it's not just about me. Right. You know, it's about the culture. It's about the other businesses. Like, how can I help them grow? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and uh, now what we do with uh, Cigar Life TV, uh, you know, like the podcasters that we have, you know, they, they do the YouTube and things like that. And I believe you have to have a certain amount of streams to see dollars. What we actually do is we go out and find them sponsors. Mm-hmm. So that you're eating right away with us. Right. And nice. we do profit sharing right away. Uh-uh. You know, so... Uh, I got a cigar brand, like say case in point, you know, True Drink, and I go, hey, I want to sponsor, you know, uh, Andre Key Show. Let me take that True Drink <laughs> out really quick. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So, uh, you know, and then uh, you know, I actually match up those uh, those advertisers that's trying to get their message out with uh, influencers and podcasters like yourself, or mm. you know, comedians that you know do skits and things like that. So that's what uh, Cigar Like TV is about. We do the direct. Uh, you know, direct advertising connection. Ah, uh, nice. You know, because I, I want, I want, you know, it's, there's tons of talented people. I know, you know, podcasts like this, it costs money. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you brought us some great drinks. Like, that, that wasn't cheap. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. So it's like, yeah, man, let's, uh, let me just, you know, match up those advertisers that I know I'm trying to get their message out mm-hmm. with uh, people that have a platform that can help them get their message out. And then, uh, you know, we create the network to, to get it all out. Man, I can tell you move, man. You you grind it out. Like, uh, how many hours do you sleep? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I just had this talk. One thing I will tell people about being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. get yourself a good therapist. Mm, yeah. I'm, tr- I'm a big believer in mental health. Yes, you indeed. Know? A big believer in mental health. So it's funny. I had my session today. <laughs> and part of my session is about sleep. She's like, how many hours are you sleeping? You know? <laughs> so, uh, no, but that that is one of my secrets that I tell people that want to uh, be an entrepreneur. Because yeah. uh, it, it's lonely. 
You need it, it is very lonely. You know, everyone yeah. doesn't see your vision. Right. You know? And every time you go around and you're at an engagement, you're talking business strategies. Yeah. And everyone's like, why does God always yeah. talking? Exactly. Hey, that's what I dream. That's what I thrive on. Yeah. So yeah. that's good, man. That's important because your mental health is really huge. Yeah. And to stay balanced and run your business, mm-hmm. you almost got to be kind of a madman or woman to kind of really catapult your business yeah. catapult your ideas mm-hmm. so i understand definitely that's oh, a good yeah. piece of advice yeah, man i might yeah. have to look into that myself yeah, yeah. What, how, how do you keep like balance with work life or you know business life and family i'm very disciplined about my day mm. you know so i do wake up early i meditate right away mm-hmm. i drink a warm cup of water uh i go to the gym mm-hmm. i stretch for 30 minutes before i do any weightlifting. Uh, and I, I don't look at any emails or anything like that before you get those things yeah, done. Exactly. And uh, uh, although I had different businesses, I try to prioritize what what businesses are in need of help the mm-hmm. most. You know. Right, yeah. So the finance business is on cruise control. Good. It rarely needs any help from mm-hmm. me. You know, I have a great team. They run it. So you know, you establish that system. Exactly. And it's flowing, right. Exactly. Good. So a lot of times with me, it's just checking the email to see that everything is going well with mm-hmm. that. And I just prioritize my day that I'm gonna spend three hours on this business, mm-hmm. <laughs> two hours on uh-huh. this business, <laughs> lunch, another three hours on this, and. You know, then family time. I like when you said meditate. That's what I do the first mm-hmm. thing in the morning, man. That's just like essential because yeah. as an entrepreneur, I feel like my mind is always trying mm-hmm. to race and figure out five steps. Hey, which what I'm going to do with this person and then how am I going to deal with this concept? Yeah. Who do I need to call? I know it's on my calendar, but this is priority. Mm-hmm. So it's important to try to clear your mind and, yeah. and just get grounded before you start your day. So yeah. I think that's huge, yeah, man. Definitely. Well, good, man. <laughs> Eddie, I'm going to tell you like this, man. I feel like we could do about a three-part series, man. You got a few things going on. And I like it. Just talking to you just really inspired me and had me motivated. How my mind works, I'm already thinking like, oh, man, I need to go and do this. And I need to put this together. But, you know, let's talk to the people one more time. And let's tell them if they need to find you, if Mm -hmm. they wanted to invest, Mm -hmm. if they wanted to find products, Mm -hmm. if they any way to be a part of you, tell them how they can connect. Oh, definitely. Uh, email uh, if you're if you're interested in uh, Cigar Life TV. The email is uh, partners at cigarlifetv.com. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in uh, buying cigars, uh, it's truejetcigars.com. Uh, I do have a book Uh-oh. because of all my failures that I had. <laughs> the name of my book is called Failed Up. And this is how you turn your failures into success. Man. Yeah. So Hey, um, we need a copy of that book oh, on the yeah. show. I want to oh, do definitely. a giveaway. I yeah. first I want to read it and yeah. then we want to pay it forward to yeah. some of the audience members. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's huge, man. Yeah. What's what's next? What's next down the pipeline? Man, next down the pipeline is uh, you know, really my focus is Cigar Life TV mm-hmm. right now. I did partner up with a new company called uh G Lux Automotive, which mm-hmm. they are a uh Online dealership, 100% online dealership. Like similar to Carvana type? Yeah, very okay. similar to Carvana. Okay. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm bringing my my finance expertise to, to that. And mm-hmm. uh, actually, we sealed the deal next week. Uh, the press release and everything Sweet. Uh, is, is next week. Oh, yeah. I like it, man. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you keep it going, yeah. man. Hey, any parting words for um, any entrepreneurs out there that hear your story and have that drive, like, you have any messages you want to share with them? Yeah, definitely. I would say uh, just block out the outside noise. Mm. Believe in yourself, you know. 
definitely trying to meditate. Uh, you know, I, that's one thing that always helps me, but definitely believing yourself, block out the outside noise. You're always going to have those people that say, you know, all oh, you need to just do get a nine to five or you need to just focus on that. There's no disrespect towards them. They love you. They just don't, they're just not in the same place that you are right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so I would just say, you know, just stay in your ground, kind of have blinders on when it comes down to those negative people that's trying to get you off your mark mm-hmm. of, what you, of what you're trying to do mm-hmm. and just go for it. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Man, have a level of tunnel vision. Yeah. Man, Eddie, I appreciate you bringing this game to the show today. (laughs) I'm ready to spark up one of these true gent cigars. And hey, to the people out there, I want to give a special thanks to Tanya Narvez for putting this together. My boy Wes, of course, I appreciate it, man. And um, I think that's a wrap. I'm ready to smoke this cigar. Thank you all for listening. Until next time.